Between the Chapters, a weekly podcast discussion focusing on a chapter of the book, 25 Years of EdTech, written by Martin Weller. Here's your host, Laura Pasquini. Well, I've brought two people on this episode to talk about what is this thing all about? The 25 Years of EdTech, the audiobook. Uh, I blame you, Clint. I mean, thanks. And I, and I blame Martin. <laughs> I mean, Clint, still. That's two, two against one. So. <laughs> well, this idea came about, uh, I think it's your brainchild, Clint. So how did yeah. this all start? Well, it, it, uh, it started actually as Martin was kind of finishing up the book. And um, it, really, it really does go back to something like a conversation Martin and I had. I, d- I don't know if he actually even remembers this from... Uh, from a while ago, but uh, every year Martin writes this blog post about how many books he's read in a year. Uh, and I think it was a couple of years ago, the number was like over 90. And I was like, oh my, how do you do that? Like I, I can barely get through one or two. And, and uh, he said, audiobooks. And uh, I've always kind of resisted, even though I have an audio background, I've always, I've, I've never actually gone down the audiobook route. Um, and so uh so a conversation with him kind of like, oh, maybe I'll give this audiobook thing a try. And, and sure enough, I loved it. And all of a sudden, my, my, my book uh, consumption just went through the roof. And so when Martin was talking about his book coming out, um, I, I thought, oh, you know, for somebody who really loves audiobooks, it's too bad that there's not an audiobook version of this. And then I thought, well, you know, what if we did something to actually crowdsource this book and create this audiobook version? Um, of, of Martin's book because it's released with a Creative Commons license. So Creative Commons license allows for sort of format shifting, which is what we're doing with this, this project. Uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I started kind of like floating the idea. At first I talked to Martin about it and, and um, you know, he sent me a, an advanced um, preview of the book so I could see what we were kind of getting into. And I thought, yeah, this would re- work really well. The chapters are are, are, you know, fairly short and digestible and would make a really good, what I thought, a serialized audiobook version of it. Uh, and then I started kind of asking people and, and it just snowballed from there. And before I knew it, I had 25 people, everybody dedicated to reading a chapter and um, talked to the publisher at Athabasca Press and they were on board and thought it was a great idea. And yeah, and then started asking people and people jumped on board really quickly. Well, it's a shame, Martin, you didn't up your audio skills and uh, did the book your, the whole book yourself. That's it'd be really soothing. Listen, I think, but with your accent. <laughs> I've, um, it's a print right. I do like audio books a lot, and I've listened to them going to bed. I've just more or less gone through a whole book that's been read by Stephen Fry. I couldn't tell you a single thing about that book because I put it on like, within <laughs> minutes of asleep. So I think me reading an audio book version of my own book would have the same effect. Soothing, soothing nighttime read. You can get these car maps and send you to sleep. You know, that's what we could have done. That's what I do with podcasts. Actually, that's my best podcast listening time is right before I go to bed. And then I just sort of drift off. So I always hear the first 10 minutes of this American life. And then after that, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the rest of the episode's about. I love that. Uh, I like audiobooks as well. That's still reading, Martin, so I'm with you on that. And obviously podcasts. So, like, I chimed in on this project, and I was like, where's the banter of this? And I just want to have a chat with people about the, these chapters. And they were like, oh, I guess we could do that. So that's kind of how this was born as well, is it all started with a Google Doc and Clint's poking at us saying, who wants to do something? And smart 
smart mouths like me chime in and go, what about the back chat and the conversation? Oh, I love that part of the project. I mean, and that was something that uh, Mahabali, you know, jumped on the project right away and was one of the first people to kind of engage with me about it. And she did a test run of the chapter that she was going to read and said, you know, the whole time I was reading this chapter, I just wanted to talk about this chapter, right? And and so, uh, so the fact that you came on board and with this idea of doing between the chapters and, you know, having the conversations about the book was just brilliant. And I think it's really going to add to the, to the, to the whole project. Yeah. I think it kind of really makes it come alive. I think, so I think I was saying to Laura earlier, you know, it's like it's, the book's kind of just one artifact amongst all these other things, I think. And actually it, it was never intended to be kind of the definitive history kind of thing. It's very much kind of starting point. Yeah, and I've had chats with Maha as well and other people. It's like, why didn't you mention this? Or we, we could have gone down this route, you know. So I can so each chapter could have been very different, I think, and we could have sort of could have been a different technology or could have emphasized different things. And that's so it's really good to kind of I think kind of expand what what the book is, I think, in a way, and, and let dialogue around it. I think it, from your blog posts to the book chapters to now talking about them, it's been really interesting to see the evolution of the dialogue. So it's, although it's in a print format and now audio format and then a commentary, I hope that more people take some of what was written as a springboard for conversation and maybe even some episodes, like we're going to get really meta here. And people, we do have questions and comments and call outs that people are like, we'd love to hear what other people are thinking or were thinking back in 1996 is, I'm just early on in recording a few episodes, but um, it sounds like there's going to be more talk about this talk. So I'm feeling good about this so far. Yeah, we can be employed for life doing this, except we don't get any money. But <laughs> <laughs> Now accepting sponsors, anyone listening? <laughs> Well, I love the idea too that this would be a springboard because, you know, I, I think part of the rationale as Martin talks about in the book and other people in our, our our sector have talked about is just this lack of respect for history of our own um, our own our own uh, practice. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that theme kind of comes up in, through some of the chapters of the book and to be able to have it as the starting point and be able to have other people add their voices and their own perceptions and histories and understandings of the book then does start to develop this rich history that we can start drawing upon and reflecting upon and informing our decisions. I think it's so important, even just today I saw a tweet, I think uh, Chris Gilliard retweeted it about uh, Daphne Collar reinventing uh, online learning again. <laughs> oh God, we're doing this again. <laughs> there's a history to all this stuff. You know, you're not inventing it from scratch. Like and so, almost every day there's a kind of relevant story. You just want to say no, and not kind of dismissively, not like no, we've done this before, it didn't work. But I think at least kind of understand what's gone before and what you could be building on and what you could be learning from. I think just this this continual idea that's always been reinvented is just yeah. I think particularly during the pandemic, it's just, you know, drives me mad often. Yeah, for then anyone listening, we're recording in late October in 2020. This seems like the longest year. But I do think that some of the conversations that have woven in have been, yes, a reflection to the past, but also some of the basic foundations were really developed, like co-creating and talking with Mark on one of the episodes so far of Wikis really is talking about co-creating and collective learning. And that's just a good principle and practice uh, we know. And so it's not about a tool. And I really hope that um, folks are tuning in for both the audiobook chapters and then these bonus episodes of banter talk and more because we really start to unpack some of the stories 
of what this means in a time, a place, in a geographic region, maybe it's different because some people lived in different parts of the world, and what it meant for the kind of pioneering spirit, at least early in the book chapters is what I see, is what we're kind of talking and hopeful of. Um, we haven't gone to the dark, darker chapters yet, Martin, but uh, I'm saving that for next year, I think. <laughs> the dystopia. Yeah. But I think but that's an interesting point, you know, that, um, you know, that sort of shift, I think, from the optimism to that kind of more pessimistic view. And I think it's interesting to go back and look at what we we or other people believed about EdTech. And I think it, well, there's a lot that kind of, but it came out of that kind of web culture, you know, like it was kind of very community-based and, you know, and free thinking. And there was kind of a lot of optimism wrapped up in it. And it's quite interesting, like, how did we end up here? I'm sure there's the answer is capitalism or neoliberalism or, or whatever it is. But it's, like, it's interesting to go back. It didn't, you know, it, it needn't have panned out this way. You know, there, there were kind of different routes available to us. Yeah, and I don't think it's a binary thing. I think we live on a spectrum, right? So things are fluid. Um, as well as us reading things in a chapter, what have we learned, Clint, from reading chapters of Martin's words? <laughs> <laughs> well, there certainly are some themes there. And I think, you know, picking up on that sort of optimism, pe pessimism, and that scale too, I think, you know, you know, I've been I've been doing this for a long time as well, and you know, w was an early you know optimistic adopter, and uh, and I think uh, you know on that spectrum we have now gotten to the point where we are much more critical because we have kind of come through, and we all have these 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 wounds uh, of uh, and scars from you know the early early optimism days. So that certainly is coming through. Um, and I think this repetition theme that, uh, you know, we, we see these patterns repeated, like we saw with in 2011, 2012 with MOOCs, you know, and all of a sudden online learning was a big thing again, and it was being reinvented. Uh, and now this year, it seems very timely again, as we touched on that we're in the same cycle again. So we're, we're seeing this, which is why I think the history of our, our, our sector is so important to be talking about. Yeah, the stories we tell from the past also are the stories of today, and it's 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 been kind of interesting to think about that. Um, I want to ask about like the bits and pieces in terms of the technical things we've le learned, maybe or are still learning about this project. Martin, you love narrating, right? Like reading your book chapters out loud is your favorite thing. Poor Clint, he's been trying to hack together something very something listenable for my chunks of just nonsense. <laughs> Some of them are just like. What, who wrote this rubbish for God's sake? <laughs> he gets the same paragraph like the twentieth time. Like, why did I write it like this? Well, you never read it or never <laughs> never wrote it to be read either, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, the that is, time. and and you have you have touched upon that, you know, that it's that it does, and you know, there, but there is a, a different kind of style if you are kind of thinking, but you know, I. I don't be hard on yourself is what I'm saying. It's been like, I love listening to all the voices that come in uh, and, and hearing all of the, you know, the, the different accents and the different perspectives, even though they're reading your words, um, to hear the differences uh, just adds to the diversity of the project. And I think- Yes, I'd be interested to hear other people read my chapters and where they put emphasis and stuff like that. I might get different interpretations of my own. So, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. You know, it's like even just the way someone phrases something, you know, the kind of pauses they put in will be interesting. 
a little bit of credit. Uh, Clint is collecting all the chapters uh, and doing the engineering for the book book uh, between the podcasts. I offered to do some of that, so mine will be a bit more scrappy. So I do appreciate your forthcomingness, Martin, on reading the chapters. I think writing for um, a narrative audience is different. So, hey, maybe your future one will not even be a book. We'll just write scriptive, a narrated script, fiction, nonfiction, somewhat based in fine. fiction. I'll do a play for the next one. <laughs> a play. That's perfect. Perfect. Um, Clint, we also learned that like getting name pronunciations and quotes and things like that. Like, I love that you did this great little guide and uh, you said, well, this is how you would give quotes. This is how you'd say the authors. And we found out how to pronounce names, last names. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like there was, it needed to have a sort of a style guide, an audio style guide, especially when it was distributed. And that really kind of came together from feedback from people as we started working on it and started running into issues. Like, how do we actually do citations and quotes? And, you know, how are we going to read this? And how, uh, how do we make sure that we have all the names pronounced correctly? So, um, yeah, so that was a challenge. But, you know, having the Google Doc there and just being able to write out a style guide onto how to handle that, I think, worked really well. And, you know, being able to go back to, to Athabasca and, you know, they provided us some things like, uh, you know, the, 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 the accessibility. Uh, there's a couple of illustrations in the book. And so they provided us with the uh, written descriptions of what they use, um, you know, um, so we could have those in there to be able to describe uh, what the images were. That was really helpful to have as well. And I have to say, Athabasca has been extremely supportive of this project, you know, be, coming out of the blue and just saying, hey, you know, you don't know me, but I would like to turn this book that you have into an audio version of the book. And um, they were, you know, really supportive right off the bat of that. Yeah, if you're ever going to do an audio project, you definitely want to be working with a great open publisher like them and have a bunch of education technologists, hacker friends that are like, let me give you my two cents in a Google Doc and let me help you out. And I am so appreciative of the community that's come together around this and who want to not only read chapters, but are willing to have a chat about them um, and give thoughts and tell stories about it. I think it's been so fun to do that, um, at least on my end in some of the episodes and all, all positive things and thinking big. Martin, when I hit the end of the book, I'll let you know when it gets dark. So. <laughs> it's like one of those films that starts out, you know, like a rom-com and goes dark at the end. Or <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. Um, is there anything you have each learned or you're taking away? I know that we're just early days in some of this, so maybe we'll, we'll bring us back together towards the end to have a retrospective, but anything you're thinking about as we work on this now or things that have come up as you've uh, started listening to the audio engineering side of it, Clint, or getting people come talk to you, Martin, about this a bit? Uh, when I sort of, um, when the book came out, I sort of started compiling different bits to go around it. So on my website, I've got things like um, the Brian Mathers images, a timeline, um, and I, I think, I don't know if I did one, but I was thinking of doing a wiki version in the end so people could add to it. Because I think what might be interesting is like other people's 25 years, you know, or even just their entry for a particular year. Mm -hmm. So it might be interesting to kind of when the um, podcasts come out to kind of bring some of that into a wiki, you know, there are kind of alternative versions that people could have done this, you know, for 2007, I would have said this or something, you know, I think that would be a kind of really interesting project to kind of have different narratives through those 25 years. I like it. How about yourself, Clint? What are you learning? 
Um, well, I, you know, not, no surprise that this community that uh, we work in is is very gracious and loves these kinds of projects, and you know are willing to kind of throw themselves in to to be volunteers and guinea pigs to try something new. So you know we have you know probably fifty people involved in this project, um, and you know everybody is contributing their time and uh, and their voices. Um, and I it, one of the challenges that I thought off. You know, uh, as I started getting people involved was, you know, these these are Martin's words and he's put a lot of thought into these words. So we want to make sure that we do these words justice. But on the other hand, there is everybody else's voice to be uh, included, you know, and everybody does have this perspective. Um, so I think, you know, between the chapters is going to be able to provide some space for that. And hopefully we can build uh, on um, what we're doing here to continue to have this dialogue in blog posts on Twitter. You know, we've got a hashtag as the podcast gets released and as the audiobook gets released in its serialized form. Hopefully, we can have this ongoing discussion for the next six to nine months about about our own history. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I mean, I, I've, it's quite a personal take on the twenty five years, and I think it will resonate in some places with people. But I, I did feel kind of a bit wary about that. There might be be people reading chapters on certain topics who know more about them than I do. And I think, what is he talking about in this chapter? So, so I'm quite so I'm also I'm very grateful for the people who've read it and for their kind of indulgence and and not sort of calling me out and lots of things. But also I think for the, the kind of podcast gives gives it some sort of route out for that kind of you know going beyond that I think. So there are a couple of chapters now that I won't say which ones <laughs> but I, I think I'm not so sure about myself you know saying that well some some are better than others you know it's like so i think so some of them like well people might disagree with that so I think it's good to give people that room i think yeah i think i think it's very brave that you let us take on this project martin so who knows what's going to happen um but i love that this openness and willingness to um share the writing and having the conversation around these pieces i i do hope that other people contribute it's not just this um audiobook slash bonus podcast that we hope to have dialogue about we want to hear from other people in other ways so whether you're going to put out your own a uh, back chat podcast or a blog post or a commentary about one of these areas. We, I don't claim any expertise in any of these. I'm just here to learn and have a conversation with folks. And I think it's, I think you're the kind of person, Martin, that you also are like that. And you really do want people to add their two cents and give perspective on it. So, and um, so I, I'm excited to see what comes out of the community as we probably will be conversing this way for a while. Uh, this is a fun pandemic project. So thank you. I think also it's a, it can, generally the community is very respectful, you know, it's like, and so enjoy as long as you're not coming in saying I'm the authority in this and only my voice counts in this, then people will disagree with you, but in a friendly way, you know, in general, I think people say, well, I would have gone for this. And I think that's, you know, and often I will agree with them. So I think that sense of kind of mutual respect, I think, has come through quite a lot. In general, I can think of some people where it hasn't applied, but in general, that's... <laughs> well, they're not on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and I think we have to give a nod to just openness in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that we have an author who was really willing to look for an open publisher to make this kind of project even possible 
releasing with the Creative Commons license, um, you know, to be to to be able to have the spirit of openness to allow these kinds of things to flourish, I think, is 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 a huge win and a really good example for the kinds of things that open can enable. You know, to have these kinds of conversations, to have these extra bits and pieces, to have to to spur uh, people to to have um, thoughtful conversations about the history of our really kind of comes back to that openness piece. So yes, I often I, you know, used to give examples of why open practice was a good thing. Right? And this is one of those really good examples of things. Because you know, like, also Brian's images of CC license and stuff. And then you, you've got the remix uh, and all this kind of stuff. And then just it allows interesting things to happen, you know, which aren't, you know, which you don't predict as a writer, but just you know, far, far easier. And also things like, you know, when we were asking people to read chapters, it wasn't a case of you've now got to go and buy the book in order to read the chapter. I can just send you the digital copy free. You know, it's like that's that's fine. So because just so it, so it just makes it easier as well to kind of to do all this stuff. Yeah, and I will say, if other people want to have part of the conversation, I'm still recording episodes between the chapters. And if you are passionate about one, hey, you can join one or two of us or a panel as we talk about these. Um, please feel to reach out. We'll put some information on where you can contact us in this episode show notes. But uh, uh, welcome to the fun adventure ahead is what I say. <laughs> eh? Bring it on. Let's do it. We're going to revolutionize education. Come on. It's 25 years of ed tech. This yeah. is going to disrupt things, I can tell. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not using an ed tech bingo card. Take that away. Take that back, Clint. Uh, no, and we do hope it invites other people into the fold that maybe they don't feel like they're in, in educational technology. They're like, oh, I am into this thing or I am doing this now. And I do hope it opens doors. So we, there is some words and things that I like to break down um, in each episode. If we kind of get to alpha soup, I do say, let's say what that is. Let's describe what it is. Um, for anyone who wants to tune in that's a newbie or interested in it now, because that's what they do is they work online, they teach online, they're learning online. So I think this is a great space to invite new people into the flock in the fold. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, do you have a tagline for the book, Martin? Like how you sell it? How how'd you sell it to Athabasca? <laughs> uh, what was the tagline? It's um, uh, my, the tagline I'm doing now for when I do talks is why a knowledge of the history of tech is important in the pandemic. There you go. I think so. And then I pitch, you know, like so you don't get the snake oil salesman sort of coming around to you and stuff. That's right. Okay, that's good. Clint, uh, do we have a tagline for this? I don't know. We haven't I thought about this. Well, I, don't know. I, I like the, the intro. I was just looking through the book here and the, the historical amnesia of ed tech. I think that's, uh, you know, that kind of sums up the rationale that kind of underlies this whole thing that we've talked about before, that you know, we have a, a, a history of forgetting our own history. <laughs> yeah, overcoming the amnesia of ed tech. There we go. Yeah. Got the cure. Welcome to... Between the chapters and the audiobook of twenty five years of ed tech. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not claiming it here. It's, it's not been approved. It's not a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do hope you learn and and have fun, and that's kind of what uh, we hope that this really gets people thinking about what we're doing, having a conversation about it, and I'm just excited to continue these chats. And we hope that all the listeners out there are enjoying it and have. Uh, whether it's just the audiobook or you listen to the podcast or you have some thoughts yourself, let us know. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Cheers. 
You've been listening to Between the Chapters with your host, Laura Pisquini. For more information or to subscribe to Between the Chapters and 25 Years of EdTech, visit 25years.opened.ca. Thank you.